We just marked one year since the invasion of Ukraine. This war has torn lives apart, brought waves of deaths from civilians and soldiers, taken culture and identity from Ukrainians, and has disrupted food and other goods productions that people around the world rely on. Anna Allen, a local Ukrainian, joins me to reflect on this terrible anniversary. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Sina. Can you think back to life before the invasion of Ukraine? What was life for you and your family like early last year in 2022? I mean, I think in the beginning of 2022, we kind of expected the invasion. I was checking on my family fairly regularly, but I mean, I guess if you compare to, you know, 2021, uh, the difference is I, I worry a lot more about them. And uh, I call them more, which probably is a good thing. If you read about some um, big uh, uh, airstrike or big uh, um, rocket strike, you and you read that it was in a town where your relatives live, you call them, you contact them, okay, are you okay? So uh, on top of that, sort of things have been different this winter was uh, also the lack of electricity and for that that like also meant sometimes the lack of heat because uh, either people's private houses the furnace may not work without even the furnace will be like a gas furnace but it may not work without electricity or if the whole city has no power and there's a centralized heating Again, they may not work without um, electricity. So that was like an added challenge. I mean, I think my family lives a totally different lifestyle. Not everybody lives in their homes. Some people live rented places in other parts of Ukraine. Some of my cousins, you know, left for, for Europe. Some are staying with the family members that they normally don't live with just the lifestyle of people very different. So you, knowing that your family is in a potentially deadly situation in a, in a war zone, how do you process it? I think things kind of change. I think I really worried about them in the very beginning of the war. And then you kind of realize that the way statistics works, they might be okay. Um, in a sense, you realize that maybe somebody else will get hurt, but not them. It's horrible to say that, but that's kind of how statistics work. So you still worry about them, but you hope that, okay, maybe they will be fine. How is your body feeling with the constant stress on yourself? How have you noticed a change in yourself over this last year? I definitely. I mean, I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is uh, I check the news. And then uh, just like maybe two months ago, I kind of said, OK, I'm not going to change the news. I told, uh, you know, my nephew, like if something really big happens, let me know. But otherwise, I'm not just going to change news anymore because it is it, it is very stressful to constantly try to follow the news and try to follow what's happening. You You kind of. In a sense, you don't enjoy your life as much. You know, even if your family goes on vacation, you, you, in a sense, you kind of feel guilty. How can I be on vacation when I know my family not only cannot go on vacation, but they 
can't even have to think twice. Should I go to a store to buy bread or will it be safer just sitting home? And we've talked previously about your brother. He lives in the war zone in Kharkiv. What have you? What changes have you noticed from your brother and other family members who are still in Ukraine? I I, I don't know how what to say. I, I would not necessarily know how to um, comment on that. Um, I mean, I know, for example, I was talking to my aunt today, and they're basically like they are not likely to go see doctors. They would only go see doctors if it's like absolutely, absolutely necessary. Otherwise, they try to figure out themselves, like what to do, what medicines to take. Um, and I'm sure it's not good for you. But in, but I don't think the effects of chronic stress are really something you would realize now, I think that something will be more obvious uh, as time goes on. The decision to flee or not, there's so much more to consider beyond just one's own safety. Fleeing means leaving one's home, leaving pieces of one's own identity. And experts say that Russia has committed the biggest art heist since the Nazis in World War II, intending to strip Ukraine of its cultural heritage. Your brother, who's a sculptor, have you spoken with him about this art heist, uh, the taking of culture? I mean, that's definitely what Russia tries to do and wants to do. I don't think they're successful. I think, is, if anything, Ukrainians um, more value sort of Ukrainian values and traditions now than they have been before the escalation of the war. But there's definitely a brain drain and probably cultural drain, people who can leave and people who leave, a lot of them are, you know, smart, educated people. Do you have family who fled? Some. I have uh, actually a nephew of, like, my cousin's son. He is living with us for almost six months at this point. Um, who is a teenager, and uh, his mom initially left Ukraine, but then returned to be with her husband and to be home. And uh, I have a, another cousin who left for Slovakia with her kids. Majority of uh, my family did not leave. And for those who did make the decision to leave Ukraine, how have you seen that disconnect from identity or like what is how do you see them being forced away from a, somewhere that they didn't want to do and what to, what it has done to them? I mean, both of these cousins, they left very early in the beginning of the war when you basically did not know will Kharkiv stand or would Kharkiv been occupied by, by Russia. So at that time, when their neighborhoods were like bombed on a daily basis, I think their decision to leave was a lot more understandable. They were really escaping the bombings. But in general, it is very difficult because for many people, it's hard to build your careers in a totally different country. You need to learn the language, you need to, to learn the culture. If somebody works as a professor in a university, it's difficult to get a similar type of job abroad. Um, it will take a long time to, to build that. 
the change from um, sort of one culture, one lifestyle to different culture, different language, different lifestyle is, you know, very big change. And it's not easy on people. And it's probably one thing if somebody immigrates because that was their choice versus if people immigrate because it was a necessity. And it's not something that they wanted in the first place. It's terrible that we're here still, um, that there's still a war in Ukraine. We do hope that your family stays safe. What would you like to leave listeners with in this moment? I, I mean, what I guess people are hoping for is, you know, sort of more support uh, on the part of, uh, you know, the world and a part of the United States. And although there has been a, you know, a huge amount of support, both financial and military equipment. Um, so unfortunately, they need a lot more. And they, people do hope that, that Russia can be stopped and then Ukraine can get back its territory. And everybody wants to live in peace. I mean, I think the most important, I think, part is to realize that even maybe the media is not reporting as much on this conflict. It kind of became an old news for people who live through this, you know, right now. It's not kind of like an acceptable status quo. It is not because there's still daily air raids and daily people are dying on both sides of the conflict in huge numbers. And uh, if there is a way to stop this, I think the whole world will will breeze a little bit better when this war will be over. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.